It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. By the way, Fox Business, join us 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. The show is called Kudlow. It's doing very well, but we always need a little more help. And let's do some stock market work. We've got two stars, New Year stars, Michelle Gerard, Managing Director, Co-Head Global Economics at NatWest Markets, and Jim LeCamp, Senior Vice President of Investments at Morgan Stanley. So welcome. Happy New Year, kids, to both Happy of you. Happy New Year. Let's see what's doing here. So stocks, I don't know, the Dow's off 107 points, S&P was down 89, NASDAQ was down 709. That's a Seems like a big number. I don't know. Um, but basically, we're at very high levels, very high levels, despite the fact, Michelle, that the inflation rate is also at a high level. And the Fed is turning. The ship is turning, however slowly, and they'll never do it fast enough, but the ship is turning. The QE is coming to an end. Rate hikes are out there. And I want to add um, former Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, who's a very dear friend of mine. He was on this show, um, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday, and he predicted a uh, 3% 10-year Treasury, I think he said in 18 months. Mm -hmm. So let's see, the Treasury, what did that close? 177. 177, yeah, on Friday. All right, so that thing's moved up. For the week, it was up 26 basis points. So that's like a big move. That's a very big move. So, all right, Michelle, what do you make of the story? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen this week in particular is um, investors being able to or, you know, managers being able to position for this shift in pretty stark shift in in Fed posture. Um, You know, we knew it in December with the, you know, at the FOMC meeting in December, the change in the dot plot, the the talk about you know bringing the purchases to an end sooner, it, it, you know that that was kind of the most hawkish shift that we've seen under Paul. I mean, in someone had said even with the FOMC dot plot, going back to the introduction of the dot plot in in 2012, the shift from people thinking, oh, will we even start in 22 to you know we're going to do three three hikes in 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 the year. So. I think that with year end, you had people not really in a position to start to to position and bet on that. And now, uh, in combination with the FOMC minutes on Wednesday, which even provided more of an exclamation point to the shift in the Fed, because now they're even talking about balance sheet rundown. Mm. Um, And you had some strong numbers on Friday. I know the headline payroll number was not as strong, but the wage numbers surprised again to the upside. I just, you know, the market is now continuing to bet the Fed is going to go quicker and perhaps more aggressively. And and at the start of the year, you have people now able to put money to work to position for that. How about 50 basis point rate hike immediately? Yeah, Yeah. you know, I think the Fed, you know, this, you know, the Fed, they will move slowly and cautiously, especially at the start. Um, I think you do raise a good point, though. We've, we've, we are, you know, ourselves included, have, you know, three basis, um, three rate increases projected for 22, 25 basis points, you know, each time they go. 
I, we've got a pretty aggressive inflation number. I mean, yes, they'll come, the numbers will come down over the course of the year, helped by the year-over-year base effect numbers. But we're still going to be elevated. We still have – well, first of all, in the first part of the year, we still have inflation going higher. And when mm-hmm. it does come down, it only comes down to around 3%. We've got the economy growing at better than 3% over the course of the year. I don't know. I think the risk is that you do start hearing people talk about maybe the Fed does go faster. Maybe they do go by 50 basis points. Um, you know, this is a very slow pace of, uh, of you know, normalization, if you will. And I just wonder if that will ultimately be challenged. Of course, if that happens in the equity market struggles, you know, that's always a, an offsetting factor the Fed takes into account. I just, before I get to Jim McCamp, I, why is the inflation rate going to come down? I mean, I know this this year over year stuff, yes. but, but blah blah blah. Michelle, the Fed is still pumping money in. Yeah, I know they're saying one thing, but they're still purchasing bonds and increasing bank reserves, and the money supply is still growing rapidly. I don't get that. No, you're you're 100 percent right, Larry. It's it's really purely optics. It's just no. those year over year comparisons. We have, for example, the the um, PCE, you know, core deflator that the Fed watches on a month over month basis, it's it's going to average between two tenths and three tenths of a percent increases. Whereas before you were like, you know, before the, the pandemic, it, we were, you know, 0.1 or 0.2 a month. So we mm. do continue to see firm readings. The optics may help the Fed move slowly, but we all, you know, those of us who are looking at it will continue to say there is price pressures. And that's why when we get through that, optics part where the year-over-year comparisons don't help out, you're going to see an inflation rate in my mind that is steady, you know, probably close to 3%. It won't, you know, once you get past that, that that benefit of those year-over-year comparisons, you're going to end up at a place that I think is uncomfortably high for this Fed. Yeah, like 5%. I don't know. Jim I don't know if it'll be 5 but but it's, it's I, um, I, yeah. You know, I'm in, I'm in the business of stirring the pot. Creating news. <laughs> You're in the business of serious analysis. <laughs> but Jim LeCamp, think of it this way. The Fed funds rate, which is we'll call it zero, uh, the CPI is at seven. So that gives you a real Fed funds rate of minus 7%. And the unemployment rate is 3.9, which is pretty close to full employment. I don't want to get into... Uh, various ideological debates. But I'm just saying 3.9% is a very low unemployment rate, and it signals, in general, a pretty darn good labor situation. Uh, there's a lot of working. Workers have power. They're switching jobs. The quit rate is high. The economy is growing. Uh, you're probably going to get 6 or 7% in the fourth quarter, blah, blah, blah. And you've got a negative uh, funds rate of about 7%. It doesn't make any sense is what I'm saying. And the Fed is still pumping in money. You know, I read Ed Hyman's stuff and, you know, M2, which has grown at 40% over the last two years, it's still growing at 12 or 13% year on year. And they're still buying bonds uh, issued by our profligate government. So I don't know. It's just not a great story. Well, I, I, you look, the, the Federal Reserve Board has never been confused with being Nostradamus. I mean, if you look back to the fourth quarter of 2018, they were talking about rate hikes uh, to infinity beyond and the balance sheet reduction uh, going on in an unforeseen time frame. And by March of 19, they cut rates. 
and they never raised rates. They cut rates. So uh, when we look at, I, I disagree with some of the consensus numbers because as people go uh, back to work, I think some of the supply chain eases. As savings rates have come down, some of the consumer spending metrics will abate and not be as red hot as they have been. And uh, we've seen some manufacturing areas finally come uh, back to life a little bit, which, again, should help uh, with supply chain issues and uh, some uh, um, PPI-type uh, figures in terms of being able to deliver products and, and companies getting parts and able to sell things for what they normally would sell them for. Uh, consumers are also showing some sensitivity to uh, higher gasoline prices. So sometimes uh, you, you start factoring in all these inflation numbers, but as inflation hits, people change their behaviors and inflation moderates. I don't think that the Fed is going to be too overly aggressive because the Fed has shown an extraordinary sensitivity to the markets. And if we get a tantrum, they're going to cool it, mm -hmm. especially in an election year. And so I, I think it's possible what the market is saying, hey, I don't like a 10-year treasury that goes from, uh, call it a buck 51 to a buck 76 in that short of a time frame, knowing that there are still concerns that this economy could slow down. Is the Fed going to be over-aggressive into an economy that's already showing some signs of moderation? And I think that's what's hitting the stock market. So um, I, I think we have to be very, very careful about going too far out with these Fed projections because they've very simply not, not been right about anything, especially inflation. And I'm a little concerned that while they thought inflation was going to be too transitory and, and not an issue, now they're concerned. I'm, I'm concerned that they are convinced it's going to be too persistent. Nah, it's going to be persistent. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, Jim, I agree with you. It's just all about the timing. Um, you know, some these pressures will ultimately abate. But, I mean, I was just reading something, I think it was from Cox Automotive, that was saying, for example, used car supply, they don't expect to get back to 2019 levels until 2024. Um, I, I just, I'm afraid that these, you know, you talk about people going back to work and that'll help ease the labor shortage. I just don't know how quickly that's going to unfold. And I guess that's where... Um, yeah, and I think we've, we've, you know, this the fact that we haven't seen with Omicron, for example, the restrictions being put on, we're starting to learn to live a bit with COVID. I, I don't know. I'm not. I just. I think the. I, I guess I see upside risk on, um, on both the price pressures and and demand kind of, um, you know, persisting longer than the scenario that you described sort of unfolds. So it's a time. I mean, I ultimately you're you're exactly right. This will will cool. I just don't know if it'll you know how quickly in 2022 that's going to show itself. Yeah, and 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 to your point, I you know I I, I get your point, but uh, to your point, I mean we have seen in the past in the past ten years, many times when we saw these spikes that we had in energy prices immediately have an impact on the economy. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they, they we've already shown uh, uh, consumers are already showing some price sensitivity to single family homes. And they, they're, there's been no inventory. So prices are, are crazy high. And now buyers are starting to say, nah, I don't know if I want to pay this price anymore, especially now. Uh, and we could see that uh, happen more if mortgage rates start to come up. So some of these things will have a, tampony, uh, a, a, a ta- tapering effect on the economy. And I'd like to point out also, there's no money velocity. There might be money supply, as Larry pointed out, but money velocity is very, very low. And government spending, once you get past this um, debt-to-GDP level that we are, we're way past, government spending as a negative multiplier, I, I just don't see this economy over-accelerating to the point where the Fed is going to raise hikes and maybe any more than maybe three times. You you better hope that we kill the bill. Yeah, I do you, hope we kill you the bill. You better hope we kill the bill. Um, that's important. By the way, there are no cars. There are no cars. Okay. I'm in the middle. Oh, I know. I'm I have, and there's no cars. <laughs> there's no cars. I mean, I, I have a Lincoln Navigator. It's a good car. Um, and uh, the deal ran out. So I, I'm talking to this guy, and I'm, I, I'm paying $1,300 a month. I don't want to pay third. I don't even use it. It sits, sits here in Connecticut. The car is over. The car is, I think, three and a half years old. I have 4,000 miles on it. That's how little I use this stupid car. I'm paying $1,300 for a car that I don't use. So I talked to this guy. He's very good. And he now wants me to buy an aviator, Lincoln Aviator. So it's sort of a downsized navigator. And he wants me to pay more money for it. He said, "Well, all right, I can I can get you this for that, and you can pay fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a month." I said, "I don't want to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month. I want to pay half that because I don't use the car." And he's going through with me. There are no cars on the lots, and dealers are selling to each other. They're not even bothering with consumers. It's all wholesale. There are no what chips. You're describing is that you have price sensitivity, <laughs> and what I'm saying is that people <laughs> will have price sensitivity. Yeah, but well, there's no. I'm describing supply sensitivity. There are no it's cars. Both. It's both, but <laughs> it, it's the same thing with houses. Um, and people can drive cars for a long time. They don't have to go out right. and buy a new car. My car's worth more, amazingly, worth more than I bought. Uh, I paid for it four years ago because of what you just described. Well, by the way, the, right? There is equity in the one. car. It's the first time in history there's equity in the car. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I, mean, I do think what Jim said, though, coming back to the market, when Jim, when you said, and you're 100% right, the extraordinary sensitivity that the Fed has shown to, to the market, you know, we, it always comes back to that. If the market starts, if people start to expect a more aggressive Fed and the market throws a tantrum as perhaps, you know, we've seen some evidence of that, or, you know, again, maybe they're worried about, again, a policy mistake. It will temper the Fed, right or wrong. It will temper yeah, the Fed. Yeah, that's so wussy. Yeah, but that is so wussy. Way, but but the Fed, said <laughs> one of the things they try to do with policy is drive up asset prices, and mm-hmm. if asset prices are coming back down because of a change in policy, they're going to be noticing it, and it's right. going to hit. Anything yeah. with leverage attached to it. If rates go up too much, it's not only going to hit the stock market, it's going to hit the real estate market because of so much leverage attached to all these assets. Yeah, well, when you, you know, 
when you make your bed, you have to sleep in it. Right. So the, the Fed has had a bad year. The Fed has run an emergency monetary policy enabling government spending, pumping in money, purchasing all these bonds, and they shouldn't have. The whole right. year, Michelle, the Fed right. has been wrong. Let's but face they, it. They have. But now here, the worst nightmare scenario for the Fed is that they, if they do back off because they see asset values coming off or the equity market coming off, but inflation, because of their actions, remains unexpectedly or surprisingly high so that the bond market can, you know, yields continue to rise because they, you know, as the Fed take, you know, backs off, the the bond market, you know, is saying, well, then you're not going to control inflation like you need to. Like, that's their worst kind of scenario because, you know, that they back off, but you end up seeing, you know, uh, long, higher 10-year rates, and that continues to undermine the equity market and continues to hurt the economy, even if the Fed is, you know, it, it's it's very tricky then for the Fed. Yeah. If the inflation, I mean, the inflation is going to really be the key. They're fine backing off if your scenario, Jim, plays out, but God forbid it doesn't because of the seeds they've sown over the last year or two. It's going to be very problematic. Which is what's going to happen. I mean, what do you think of Mnuchin's 3% 10-year forecast? Yeah, it's very close to what we I, – I don't know if we I, – I would say we're probably a little bit further out. I don't think we've got it quite that high by the end of 22. Mm. But, but you know, we've got we've got a fork. I think we're at like two and a half by the, by the end of the year. So, um, you know, we're, we're all in the same, same camp yeah. in terms of rates going higher. So, Jim, the profits the are the mother's milk it. of stocks. Profits are Correct. the mother's milk of stocks. What is the outlook for profits? Uh, I think this is why you're seeing a very Charles Dickens stock market here. Uh, For certain areas, it really still is the best of times. And for other areas, it's turning into the worst of times. Look at the Russell and look at the NASDAQ. Uh, The NASDAQ's on the verge of breaking below the 200-day moving average. The Russell's breaking down. Uh, So these companies are selling off because of what you just said. They are concerned that they don't have... Uh, the price, the pricing power to keep up with the current inflation rates. So, if you look at the high growth, high margin companies that have more pricing power, they're doing better. Uh, the financials are doing very, very well, of course. And energy continues uh, mostly because of policy. Uh, energy uh, stocks continue to be very strong. Everything else. I think you have to look at with a very jaundiced eye hmm. until we can have a better grip on both rates and inflation. I mean, even in this show, the three of us have possibly differing views on how persistent or or or, or how high these things are going to go. And I, I think the market is, is struggling with the same thing. And so I, I think profits are going to be fine, but a very, very bifurcated and you're going to want to be in the high-growth, high-margin businesses. And, and in terms of tech, a lot of people are asking me, well, are they getting cheap now? And maybe they are from a trading perspective. Maybe you can. And by the way, the middle 10 days of January are usually pretty rocky for the markets. Um, but you might be able to start looking at some of these things from a trading perspective. But if the rise in 10-year rates continues to be persistent, it's going to hit uh, more of these tech stocks and more of these small cap stocks, and you're going to want to be very careful about what you own. Michelle, wages are rising sharply. The, the jobs report yesterday 
as you know, average hourly earnings up six tenths, six point two percent annually for the past three months. And actually, Michelle, if you add in hours worked, you're at nine percent. Yeah. Now, uh, isn't that bad for profits? I, I, I mean, I'm glad the workforce is making a buck. Uh, I hope they make a buck above inflation, but. I don't think the productivity is going to cover these wage hikes, which means unit labor costs go up, which means right, profits right. profits less strong. Yeah, well, that's my that's the concern, and and you know, kind of Jim alluded to it. I guess that you know the the question is to what extent um, is there an offset in productivity, which is which has been high, so at least that's a bit of a help. But you know, and and to what extent can they pass the you know, can they pass the costs on through to, you know, to consumers in order to and, and keep margins? And, and um, you know, as Jim sort of said, there's they're having trouble being able to potentially pass along enough to to offset the higher costs that they're facing. And I, you know, we talked about it. I, I do think some of the labor issues, you know, this lack of workers, you know, some some are temporary, some will will abate more quickly than others. But I, I do think that the labor shortage is going to be more persistent over the course of the year. Some of the issues that we've had in terms of low immigration, um, in, in terms of well, the early retirement story, uh, of course, low population growth, you know, all of these things were sort of in train even before the pandemic. They've made worse, been made worse by, by the pandemic. And I just think it's going to be a real, it's going to be a real headwind for, um, you know, for the labor market kind of getting back to, to more balance with respect to supply and demand. Does Omicron, is Omicron going to drag down first quarter GDP? It, it is, I think, um, we've got, you know, growth around six and a half, you had said six to seven percent in Q4. Um, we're only around two and a half percent in the first quarter, but mm-hmm. coming back pretty quickly. It's it's almost statistically the case because you'll end, you know, the fourth quarter on a weaker note. You'll start because the real hit from Omicron is probably a January story in terms of the data. So, you know, statistically, that kind of hurts the numbers. But I think we'll have kind of good momentum coming out of the first quarter. And actually, ourselves and others have been raising second quarter estimates kind of on this expectation that, while Omicron has the case numbers have been high, obviously hospitalizations and deaths remain very low mm-hmm. to the good. And, and as a result, you've seen no real, you know, in the U.S. and the U.K. I mean, globally, you're not seeing the kind of restrictions that have needed to you know, be put in place again. So we kind of expect a pretty quick pick back up as the case numbers peak. Um, you know, I think activity picks back up. So I think it's a real temporary setback. As I said, for the, you know, for the full year, we're looking at growth over 3%. I want to fire these striking school teachers. Yeah. I just want to fire them. Reagan, it's a Reagan moment. Fire them like Patco. They don't want to teach. You're out. Gone. And I want, and Marsha Blackburn, Senator Blackburn said on the air last night in the show, take all their money away. They put all this COVID money into education and the teachers don't want to teach. And Larry, at least I, they I, haven't. I think it also, I mean, when you look at all these flight cancellations and other effects that this has had, it's certainly going to have an impact uh, on the economy. I, I, I agree with Michelle. It's, you know, it's certainly not as dangerous uh, as Delta was, I, but I, the fear mongering out there and the, bullying of people who want to engage in economic activity still remains pretty high. 
Mm-hmm. The other thing, though, that really bothers me, and I mentioned this before, is the personal savings rate numbers have gone way, way down. And real mm-hmm. consumer spendings, uh, spending uh, only emanates, uh, emanates really from uh, savings. So if, if we continue to see these savings numbers drop, uh, I think it will uh, eventually work its way into the economic data. What's oil going to do, Jim? I'm still very bullish on oil. Um, they, the uh, administration's moves uh, to the fossil fuel industry make no sense whatsoever. Uh, we still don't have enough infrastructure uh, and or cars, for that matter, to really have this explosion in uh, electric car usage versus fossil fuel uh, use uh, car usage uh, and yeah we saw uh, the consumers back off a little bit on gasoline usage but I mean look uh, globally there are serious problems and global inventories on fossil fuels are very very low as we approach the the heart of winter here um, and the, the end of these oil runs typically occur because of what futures traders do and that usually means that they spike at the end of an uptrend and they implode at the end of a downtrend like they did in May of 2020. But if we go back to 2014 and we saw it, uh, that end, that run end with a spike higher, bringing it close to 140 bucks. I think that's how this trend ends. And I don't think we're anywhere near that. So I think prices are going higher. This guy wants me to buy a smaller car and pay more money for it. I'm still trying to deal with that, get my head around that. Really, it's not the way. Uh, Michelle, uh, what's the dollar going to do? Well, I mean, you know, we're talking about the we, – we think the dollar will be stronger. Um, it uh, – you know, the shift in the Fed, uh, they're the sort of leading, um, you know, uh, kind of globally. The, obviously, the Bank of England is – um, has, has raised rates, but but we think the dollar. This is going to be a year where the dollar will, um, you know, will strengthen and, and come, you know, certainly on a relative basis, and, and versus the euro, where inflation is, is, and and therefore the ECB is going to be, you know, not not taking any action. Inflation is, is staying lower um, in Japan, similarly. So the the dollar should, um, you know, we've got a forecast for the dollar to strengthen, uh, particularly against those currencies. Why did the five-year tips break evens fall nine basis points yesterday? So it closed at two eighty-two. It had, it was rising a lot, and then all of a sudden yesterday it dropped. I didn't, couldn't quite really figure. The ten-year note was up twenty-six basis points for the week, and the tips five-year tips are down nine basis points for the week. I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Jim, if you have any thoughts about do you have any insights on that i mean i i don't know no, if I, I saw them started to move after uh the payroll numbers missed mm-hmm. um and uh I, I think that had a lot to do with it but mm-hmm. um i didn't see any other single piece of news that would have uh, driven that move i didn't notice it and i thought it was unusual but it did start happening right after the uh, payroll numbers and I just don't know if that's a sign, you know, again, as the curve kind of continues to flatten and the market is banking more on the, you know, on the Fed being more aggressive, that, you know, there's, you're starting to see some potential that, the, you know, that inflation doesn't get out of check, you know, that the, that, uh, that that 
action keeps, um, you know, helps to bring in inflation lower, remove some of that risk. Yeah. You got to wait. Again, I do think there are some out there that fear that the Fed uh, mm -hmm. comes in too hot too late mm -hmm. and attacks an economy that's already uh, mm -hmm. starting to ameliorate, ameliorate its growth rate. You got to get ready when Biden nominates these, what do you got, three seats that are open, four seats that are open for the Fed? You're going to get these mon modern monetary theorist yep. woke crowd coming into the Fed. Yeah. But and, e I tell you, though, it's coming. the good. Even some of the more dovish guys historically on the Fed have started to sing a more hawkish tune. I mean, we got to at least take take some solace in that. I mean, That's I do feel pre -woke. that people. Yeah. That was pre-woke. <laughs> we're, we're in the woke period, Michelle. MMT is hot in the Biden White House. Woke MMT. They're worried about climate so well change. In the past, and and they're worried so about well diversity. I, yeah. I don't know why we don't just keep going down this path because it's it's done so well for so many countries. Well, that's oh. what they. It be, I know. Well, you, you got to understand Venezuela is the model here. I mean, yeah. Biden said it yesterday. He said we have a new economic plan, and I said, yeah, it's called inflation. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't like supply siders, so he's got a new plan. It's called 7% inflation in his first year of office. To the Weimar Republic right now, you, yeah. you have a, an educated populace that has been, sort of somehow been browbeaten into believing something that's clearly, A, not true, and B, has never worked ever in the history of the planet. In fact, has backfired every time. And by the way, did you know that of uh, all the countries that have tried to escape a zero interest rate policy, every single one of them went back to a zero rate policy. <laughs> yeah. That's the other reason I'm, to, I'm a little more sanguine about these rate hikes. To understand the future of monetary policy, we're all going to have to go back and read the FOMC minutes for Venezuela. That's what's going to happen here. <laughs> Jim McCann, Michelle Gerard, Happy New Year. You're both wonderful kids. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do some money in politics on the other side with Liz Peake uh, and Steve Moore. I'm Larry Kudlow. Please stay right here.